Blog Talk Radio. The beat goes on. The beat goes on. Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. La da 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 dee. La da 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 da. Charleston was once the rage.
February 15, 2017, and prohibition still rages in America. And in California, where we just passed a law saying pot is, quote, unquote, legal, we have a marijuana trial going on up in Shasta County, another one getting ready to start in uh, Paradise or El Dorado County, and the beat goes on. Well, folks, uh, legalization is a great idea. It's a great thought. It's a great chant. It's a great T-shirt. It's a great hat. Legalize it. But guess what? It doesn't work. Never has, never will. In every place that it's quote-unquote legal, there are still court cases. There are still people getting raided, busted, arrested, charged, arraigned, and booked and put into custody. Tried, sentenced, plea dealed and convicted happens happens every single place that we pass legalization measures what are we going to do what are we going to do about it we're going to talk about it first of all hopefully some of you will be inspired to act and there's a lot of ways we can fix this there's a couple simple ones that i've been teaching and preaching for so many years um, unfortunately, not everybody agrees, number one, and hey, that's your right. It's America, right? It's free, freedom. That's what this is all about. But when something could work and people don't want to do it, it's frustrating for those who know. And there's other things that could be done. You know, we can we can let our voice be heard. You know, we got all these people protesting in the streets, protesting about what? Because they don't like their president, Okay. What if we were to set a, send a clear and pointful message? What if there's a message like, stop putting people in jail for a plant that heals people? I don't know. Maybe that's a good one. Maybe change the federal scheduling laws. I don't know. Maybe change our prison structures. Maybe our DOJ needs some reform. There's a lot of very specific messages that we could be chanting and marching the streets but, you know, hopefully one day that will catch on and that beat will go on. Hopefully we can make the real changes necessary. Uh, you know, we, people talk about rights, women's rights, and, and all, uh, all, these, all these rights, the rights of, of all these different special groups. But what about the right of an American to choose to grow a plant, any plant? Who cares which plant? What if it's a maple tree? What if it's an endangered tree? What if it's a poisonous um, Pugaroo shrub What if it's an oleander bush What if it is A marijuana plant A cannabis indica A cannabis sativa Or cannabis ruderalis plant What if we choose to grow that plant Well guess what It doesn't matter if your state says it's legal Federal law says no You ever been in a federal court I have A bunch of times First thing the judge tells the jury is there is no medical marijuana in this courtroom. State law does not apply. Only law that applies in my courtroom is federal law. Federal law says one thing, one thing only. No, you cannot have it. You cannot grow it. You cannot possess it. You cannot sell it. You cannot transport it. You cannot distribute it. You cannot give it away. That's the law. So those of you that get hung up on are you legal, not legal, I tell you what. No, you're not. I just did a post earlier. I spent a little time on Facebook this week because my leg's still messed up and I'm a little bit couch-bound more than I wish. So 
So I find myself on the computer more than I normally am. And I was watching the news today or a couple of days ago. Breaking news. Marijuana grow. Robbed. Worker shot. I said, oh, that's interesting. Let's listen in. What do they have to say about this marijuana grow? Well, before they got too far into it, they did discover that the perpetrators had gotten away. They were searching for suspects. And before we were two paragraphs into this story, the reporter starts talking about it's not known if this is a legal or an illegal grow. And then the discussion carries on after that. Well, guess what? A man got shot in this grow. And who cares if it was a legal or illegal grow? Because we all know it was an illegal grow. And in this description of this grow, the reporter described thousands of marijuana plants, thousands. Well, I don't know if any of you have ever sat in a federal trial, but I have. I don't know if any of you know about sentencing laws, but I do. And guess what? If you have more than a thousand plants, you got a 10-year mandatory minimum sentence. 10 years. Mandatory. You think that's the law? Yeah, you bet it's the law. Aaron Sandusky currently today is in prison because of that law and those numbers. Okay, I would be in federal prison today if it was if the feds had picked up my case for those numbers. That's just how it goes, folks. And some get it and some don't. But when the news or the so-called news, because you know, frankly, I'm not Trump-esque about this, but I've been upset about the news reporting for a long time because they don't report a lot of things and they report things that are nothing. You know, you're going to worry about the color of underwear some starlet wears, and, and meanwhile, a man got shot, and all you're talking about was that grow legal or not legal. And nobody's outraged, and nobody's marching in the streets, and nobody has a goddamn thing to say about it. Except me, apparently, and maybe a couple of people listening. So that's what I have to say about it. And I also have to say, make sure, everybody, and te- text me while I'm in the middle of my radio show, because I just so much love it. Please, text my personal phone, and that'll make it all better. Anyway, sorry, just being an asshole. Um, so that's something that I have to say today. Normally I, I go on about a little five- or ten-minute rant, and I want to hear what you have to say. And if you want to call into this show, all you have to do is dial. Pick up your phone and dial. There's no dialing. You push the buttons. We have button phones. So the last time we had a dial phone, I can't remember. But unless you're uh, Maxwell Smart and still got a shoe phone, you're going to push buttons. Push the button 646-929-2495, and you will gain access to our amazing non-compliant Mary, who is our screener extraordinaire, and she will walk you through the process. And if you happen to be listening, either here or on Blog Talk Radio, which there are links all over Facebook by now, um, you can listen into the show, and if you decide at any given moment that you want to talk, all you got to do is hang up or keep your computer on and pick up the phone and dial once again, 646-929-2495, and talk to our amazing screener, non-compliant Mary, and say, I've got something to say, or I've got a question to ask, or I've got a comment to make, whatever it is. You've got time, a place, and this show is your show. Okay, so the next thing I want to talk about, I was hoping to have uh, – 
somebody from the area to call in about this, but um, we got a we've got a couple of problems going on up, up north. And uh, first of all, we know that Oroville Dam is uh, gotten close to breaching, and we have a lot of members in uh, Northern California, the Oroville area, and uh, and all of that. And um, thank God, nobody lost their homes. Uh, we got Tom and Donna Corby that are just a few miles away from Lake Oroville, but they're up a little ways. Uh, we got a lot of people in the Sacramento Valley, Marysville area, uh, members of the Human Solution people that have been affected, families that have been affected by our amazing war on drugs um, that are put, staring a potential disaster. So we want to send our thoughts and prayers out to them and, and uh, uh, visualize that dam being nice and healthy and the water staying inside the lake where it belongs and coming out in a safe and measured way as it should. Um, we also have a trial going on right now. And this is a trial that has been a little frustrating for me and many members of the Human Solution because this is a trial that, um, you know, at one point the Human Solution was very actively involved in supporting and, um, you know, there was a couple of, a few years ago where, you know, we had a huge chapter going on up in the area, up in Shasta, and um, many chapters in the area joined forces, and uh, when the Benno family got uh, arrested and raided and charged and jailed, we ran to their rescue, and there was so much um, community support. There was fundraisers held, and a lot of personal donations came in, T-shirts sold, and, you know, a lot of kumbaya singing. And um, because of various political issues and all sorts of, um, you know, personal personal things, whatever it may or may not be, um, the, the support has, has fallen away from what it could have been, let's just say. Um, and, you know, the defendants have been doing their own thing, doing their their own plan. And um, it's a little disheartening, you know. I, we want to be there for any uh, defendant and their families, but, you know, we're not ever going to force ourselves on you. And it's something that, uh, you know, once again, I've seen this formula work when we work it. I've seen when the community comes together and holds themselves strong and high and, and um, you know, brings their best game to the show and, you know, dresses the part, acts the part, be, is respectable, respectful um, in all sides of the court, in, the, in, in front of the court, inside the court, outside the court, even while protesting. You know, we don't protest in a raucous way. We protest in an organized way. We, we protest with a message. I have never seen more organized messaging than human solution rallies. You know, when you come by a rally that is uh, put together by members of the Human Solution, you know what the message is. You know why these people are here. You know what they have to say. You know what they want. And it's something that's accomplishable, achievable. It's something that can be changed by a simple single action or series of actions. Um, and, and it's something that sets our efforts apart from many others that I've seen. And I'm not saying we're the biggest, but I am saying that we do it very well when we apply what we know, when we suit up and show up and get her done. 
Uh, I have been in many, many courtrooms around the nation, uh, and I have watched what happens when effective court support has been done. Um, in a contrast, I have seen what happens when a few people decide to be clowns and decide to make a mockery of it and decide to be disruptive and decide to undermine the same court that they're attempting to support. And it's um, a very slippery slope, and it goes backwards very quickly. And it can go backwards so much so that a defense counsel may decide they don't want the supporters there. And I caught wind this morning from uh, one of the members of the Human Solution and, and one of the supporters up in the area um, that it was asked that we not show up to Benno's trial. And I thought to myself, um, you know, how did it come to that? How did it come to that? Um, well, I'll tell you how it came to that. There's a lot of uh, very strong-willed, um, uh, outspoken people up in that neck of the woods, as there should be. I've got no issues with that. Um, and there's also a lot of people that end up, you know, bringing their own personal problems to wherever they go. And I've witnessed uh, firsthand and, and many times secondhand uh people that don't get along very well somehow show up at the same place uh, and they don't seem to care where that is and they don't seem to care what uh, consequences there might be from acting foolishly and, and, and acting out and what consequences it might have to the very person that supposedly they're there to support. Um, and up, you know, Sacramento and North, I've, I've heard of a few cases where things got downright ugly um, to the detriment of anybody nearby and to the embarrassment of of anybody who was being connected to it and so much so that, you know, we had to publicly distance ourselves from people acting that way. We had to create a code of conduct uh, that clearly demonstrated what our policies are as the Human Solution International as it uh, is in respect to court support. A um, long time ago, we realized that this is a very powerful weapon, uh, like a hand grenade, okay? But a hand grenade, if held too long, can cause damage to um, the person who's holding it. And the, the rules are simple, folks. It's common sense. You're going to a, a, a place that's the most serious place there is. There could be no more serious place than a courthouse. This is a place where the fate of a man's freedom, a man's uh, custody, a man's uh, life in some cases, a man's uh, property, all of those things, the fate of all of those things can be decided in a single ruling, a single hammer of a gavel. This is a place where an individual's freedom can be decided by 12 members of a jury or a single judge. Now, anything that can influence that, even minorly, even even uh, you know, in in some small way, should be wielded with caution. Should be wielded carefully, because the very same thing that can influence a positive way 
can also influence in a negative way. And as I said, I've sat in many, many a courtroom. My trial uh, in 2011 was 18 days long in the courtroom. So you figure that five court, five days to the week, um, that was almost a month-long trial. It was grueling. We made huge efforts to bring people to court every single day of that trial. Some days it was pouring rain. Some days it was freezing cold. It started in uh, the end of November and went all the way almost to Christmas, um, all the way through the month of December. And uh, it was difficult, the most difficult thing I've ever done, obviously. Well, not obviously to you, but obviously to me. Um, some days we had several hundred people that showed up uh, to rally, to show up in, in support. Some days the courtroom was so packed there wasn't room and people had to wait out in the hallway. Well, it's a tough thing to do, sit out in a hallway when the action's happening in another room. Uh, and it's hard to behave when you're watching things that are uh, disturbing and wrong and you want to act out, yell out, say something. Um, sometimes it's difficult to not say something. And sometimes people have a hard time not saying something. But frankly, if you show up in your Sunday best, and I understand you know, we're pot people, right? So we like to wear our Grateful Dead T-shirts and our and our Legalize It T-shirts and our raggedy clothes and our flip-flops, and we like to not shave and we like to maybe not take a shower some days. But you know what? When you do that and you come to court, you make the defendant look like that. Now, does the defendant typically show up and dress that way to court? No. Even the guy who is the farmer who all, any day you might run into him out in the civilian world, you might see him in shorts, a t-shirt, jeans, whatever, you're not going to see him act like that in court. You're going to see him in a button-down shirt, slacks, or jeans that are nice. You're going to see nice shoes. You're going to see um, you know, whether it's a clean-shaven face or a well-groomed hair, you're going to see a man or a woman who has gone out of their way to show up in a court respectful of the court because that court ultimately has the power to decide their fate. Well, why would you not respect that? It doesn't make any sense to me. But we have people who think it's a great idea to walk into court looking like jackasses, looking like hillbillies. And I got no problem with hillbillies, but they are not going to be respected in the courthouse, just how it is. I've been in hundreds and hundreds of courtrooms, and it just, frankly, doesn't work that way. Um, how we act. You know, you think of court and think of church, okay? If you're going to be respectful in, in, a, in a place that is is necessary to be respectful you are going to act that way right acting that way means um, you're probably not going to shout out when somebody else is talking you're probably if it's not appropriate to talk at all you probably are not going to talk at all um, 
you're probably not going to stand up. You're probably not going to be disruptive. You're probably not going to laugh. You're probably not going to uh, make funny noises or, or 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 do anything that's disruptive. Um, these are things that, to me, are basic common sense. Uh, you're not going to fall asleep. You're not going to bring a cell phone that's on that goes off and be and is disruptive. But in the last several years, there have been enough people, enough people that have done that, done any number of those things in courtrooms that have caused one of the Benno's attorneys to ask there not to be court supporters in this trial. And when I heard that, my heart dropped, and I thought to myself, wow, have we come this far you know, I have watched fates decided because of good court support and having at least some influence on the situation. Well-organized uh, rallies that people are, are, are respectful, uh, not getting arrested, and still being, you can be plenty loud, you can, be, you can, you can march and, and chant and, and beat drums and do all the things to get that attention to... to to exercise your freedom of speech without getting arrested, without bumping into people and, and getting in people's ways and intruding on other people's rights. You can do those things. Well, the same thing goes through with court support. On the website, we have uh, a page that goes over the basic rules, and they're real simple. I just laid them all out. Um, I was hoping to have, again, somebody come onto the show today and sort of lay out what actually is happening up there. Um, but I don't have that today. I don't have that yet. And if you're on the line and you have information about what's going on up in Shasta right now and you want to share it with us, um, you know, hang up, call back, and talk to our screener and let her know what's going on. And, and uh, you know, I'll be glad to put you on the air. So um, that's where I'm at right now. We are supposed to... Um, have a special guest today, and Dolores Montgomery Halbin, who is, um, she's come up with a formula for suing the government, and it's, uh, she's been on the show before and talked about Form 95, and Form 95 is a simple way to file a grievance uh, with the federal government, and, um, um, it's a way that we can say something's going wrong and we want to file a grievance to change it and it's a way that we can supposedly, the way that she tells it, uh, it's, it's something that the government has to answer. It's something that we need to um, uh, be aware of. So a little bit later on in the show, uh, Craig Cecil is supposed to be calling in any minute, and hopefully he's okay and not um, gotten himself into any trouble, and if, he's, if so, he'll be calling in any minute. Um, if Dolores calls in between that, then and the time that Craig comes off, which is about 15 minutes, we'll put her on right away. Otherwise, we're going to begin a discussion. Um, you know, we've decided that we're going to carry this show live come hell or high water at least three out of four weeks of the year. And, you know, the Human Solution has got a team of folks that uh, get most of the work done as far as um, messaging, as far as planning, as far as, uh, you know, 
organizing uh, events, actions, that sort of thing. And we act with a lot of conference calls that we do during the week. Um, very few of us live near each other. Some of us do, actually, but um, we're, we're spread out across the country. And so we get uh, a couple of days of, of the week, we get together on a conference call and uh, we talk about what's what's the plan, what are we working on, everybody's got assignments and and uh, you know everything from the website to the calendar to fundraising to uh, our legal clinic and all of those things. And we decided why don't we bring this conversation to the waves, to the airwaves, so that people can listen to it, listen in. And if you've got a comment or uh, you want to participate in the conversation, uh, it'll give you an opportunity to do so, um, especially if you're a Human Solution member in Af in good standing. Uh, you know we. We're an organization that is truly grassroots. Uh, every position is elected, um, and it's a it's a full membership election. So um, nobody has takes a salary. Uh, there's no financial influence on anything at all ever. And you know this is it's our organization. We got good standing as a 501c3, and we're able to do a lot of good for a lot of people in a lot of ways. And that's that's what this is about here. So um, before Craig gets on, and again, he can call in in that, a second. This is someone knocking at your door. Hello, is this the human solution? <laughs> I love you, Mary. <laughs> I, I just wanted to throw in two cents. I am noncompliant all the way. We have a wonderful man from El Dorado County. Just want to be sure that you saw that, that he's on here and I he's do. a defendant and um, – He's one of the reasons why well, we're here. Well, you know what? Now would be a perfect time to bring Aaron O'Neill from El Dorado <laughs> up. And I've heard so many good things about Aaron. Um, and you know what? we got to do is just be prepared that if Craig calls up, we're going to have to, you know, pause his, uh, his, his conversation. But that's what we do. Craig's serving a life term in federal prison, so he gets 15 minutes whenever he asks for it. It's oh, totally, totally. I wasn't sure if you saw Aaron, so I'm just going to go I back did. to my behind-the-screens thing. I love it. I like the way you work. <laughs> okay, here I go, closing the door. Beautiful. All right. Aaron O'Neill, you are live on the hey. air. Welcome to Cup of Joe. Hey, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me, Joe. I really appreciate it. Well, you know, um, I've heard about your case. I've heard a lot of things about you, actually. Uh, as the, <laughs> the president of this fine organization, I have lots of little birdies <laughs> that come out and tell me things about people. And you are I'm one sure of the people, do. and many things have been told. Um, but, yeah, you know, you're, I tend you're, to do that sometimes. <laughs> I hear you. I've been in both sides of that for sure. Well, listen, you are in a very unique situation. Um, uh -huh. Number one, I have uh, the deepest respect for you because you, the way I understand it, stood up and represented yourself in a trial and were successful. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that before we get started? Well, I didn't represent myself. I was actually represented by Joseph Tully. Um, and uh, and uh, he represented me, and we took a case all the way to jury trial in El Dorado County, me and my collective, Forefathers Farms, and we won a unanimous decision. Um, on, it was around a 400-plant medical marijuana grow there in El Dorado County. We won that last February, and 
you know, like a stubborn Irishman that I am, I the first case I basically said I'm not breaking the law, and I went ahead and did another grow, and <clears throat> well, they decided the grand jury indict me on that one. So now I'm facing another trial on a grand jury indictment, same county, same prosecutor. And this is still um, a state and, case. It's a, it's still a, case, a, yes, sir. A state grand jury, yeah. Co- correct, correct. Grand jury. It was a local grand jury indictment. Yeah, in El Dorado County. And, okay. Uh, so I. So that means that there wasn't any DA that had the stones to throw his name on the case. Um, yeah, I think I I I I think that could be part of it. But from you know my dealing with El Dorado County, I kind of felt like it was an intimidation tactic. Um, I have friend of a friend that's on the grand jury in El Dorado County, and I kind of got a little bit of the you know some of the, I couldn't get all the information closed, but you know it was sure, sure. I wasn't painted as a very I wasn't painted as a very um, upstanding. Um, citizen to the grand jury, which is that's the same about grand juries. You know, people don't understand, generally understand what happens with a grand jury and 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 how the prosecutor basically has, you know, unlimited leeway on how they proceed with your with the evidence in front of a grand jury. You don't you don't get to speak. There's no witnesses on your behalf. You don't you know you don't even be present. Well, and also the know burden for the grand jury to. Uh, to to say that uh, it's it's worthy of filing charges uh, is pretty low. I mean, it's, it's yes, it's the threshold is very low. low as probable cause to search somebody's residence. Um, it, it's 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 in that league. So I, I'm yeah. somewhat aware of grand jury indictments and the likelihood of of somebody that's underneath one to to be indicted. It's it's. It's all it's it's very stacked against the defendant. It, it's more or less rubber stamped. I mean, when they when they go in front of a grand jury, you know, the, it's pretty much rubber stamped. You're going to be indicted. I mean, and then they don't have to. They can skip the preliminary um, trial part of it. I don't think people know that either. Um, so you know, they can the prosecutor can skip any kind of preliminary hearing or trial in front of a judge, which really doesn't matter either. So there's because, not a point where a judge can rule his own opinion whether this case is worthy of moving forward to trial it pretty much fast tracks it to trial correct correct similar there was another case going on similar time to mine was uh pure life and they actually got their case tossed out in the preliminary trial they had a preliminary hearing and it was the judge tossed it out during in el dorado county because it's like there's no evidence of criminal wrongdoing here so but when you have a grand jury indictment they can skip that and you know so it's a it's a lot of games i mean people think that you know criminal prosecution is cut and dry and there's just a lot of gamesmanship and a lot of things happening. It's a chess game. People and the do together. <laughs> yeah, they don't realize I've lived it. it. So. I know, I know all about it. It's I know insane. you have. And if, if people haven't been through it and all the way to the end, I mean, like, you know, a lot of people have their cases dropped early on and, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's a whole different experience than, you know, if you take it to the box and go all the way. Hey, listen, Aaron, uh, this is Craig Cecil calling from Federal Prison, so we're going to put Great. you on hold for a minute and get back cool. to you as soon as uh, as soon as soon he's finished. All right. I look forward right. to hearing I, I want to hear everything Thank you have to say, though, but Craig's uh, sure. serving a life term here. All righty. Bye-bye. Hello, Craig. How are you doing today? Hello, Joe. It's a little cold in Terre Haute today. I think it's about, it's right about 30 degrees outside now. Wow. So to you, I guess that'd be cold. That's really cold to me. I'm wearing short pants and, and a T-shirt right now. 
You wouldn't be doing that here. No, I couldn't imagine so. Well, I'm sure that the, the federal government um, gives you fine feather pillows and, uh, and and nice warm blankets in your uh, in your in your well heated cells, right? <laughs> well, not so much. Not so much. Uh, I'm shocked. Believe it or not, believe it or not, uh, here in the Unicorn Factory in the prison factory here, we make blankets. Uh, we actually weave them and you know uh, have the ends of them and all that. And <laughs> what, what brought it to mind is, is that's my job. Is uh, I'm the quality inspector for blankets that go to wow. federal prisons and actually most of the state prisons. <laughs> wow. Do any do any of them ever uh, it, get smuggled out of there? I mean, I don't want to say that too loudly, but <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, I mean, lots of blankets come out of there, but believe it or not, there's uh, that, that's the one thing that's. Uh, fairly available here is blankets. Oh, good, good. Well, I know when I was locked up, they weren't very fairly available, and they kept the cells in county really cool because, you know, they don't want anybody to get all hot and bothered, so they keep you cool and and, uh, and cool. <laughs> and there was blankets were not easy to come by, actually, where I was at. Yes, yes, I remember that from my... Uh, county jail days is we had half blankets. They had literally cut the blankets in half because they didn't have enough. Oh, well, it wasn't that way, but ours were pretty threadbare, so they kind of counted. They took the half out of the middle, I think. So uh, how how are you uh, enjoying the, the Trump regime? How am I enjoying the what? The Trump regime. Well, it, it so far appears to be a disorganized mess, but I, I'm still hopeful that, you know, that <laughs> a lot of change, change is probably going to be coming, and hopefully there's more good than bad. So I'm at least hopeful that that's about the best I can get. Well, that's, that's where I'm at, actually. You know, everybody's all, you know, uh, it's raining, you know, uh, I don't know, salamis or whatever the hell everybody's worried about, but... In the actual actions, if you were to actually look at the facts of what's actually happened or not happened, it, you're right. It seems chaotic on its face, and you know he's certainly not a great communicator by any by any stretch, and his policies are very different to the ones that we had. But um, I, I don't know that I see the end of the world coming as a result. So we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, there's a lot of problems. Don't get me wrong. But there's a lot of problems in government, straight up, altogether. And one person, good or bad, um, can't make them or break them. It, it, it's a much bigger broken machine than that. So I still think that we, are, the people, have always had and continue to have the power to make the real changes out there. And I think if we were to just, um, you know, step our game up a little bit and get our message a little clearer, and a little, uh, a little bit more organized. I think we could accomplish so much more. I agree because this is a populist president and a populist administration. So I think if you can show them a bunch of people, would give them an attaboy. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. I don't think there's a president that could be more influenced by a positive message. I don't think he gives a damn about the negative messages. But I think if we were to say this is what we want and be damn specific about it, I have a feeling he'd take us seriously. 
And that's what I was talking about earlier on in the show. It's like, you know, why don't why don't we craft a message that says this is a very specific change that we need to see happen. And if we don't see it happen, we're going to be a little louder tomorrow. I just I it, it frustrates the living hell out of me to to not see that anybody even trying to make that happen. Well, and like you must call it from a federal prison. It could be brought in a way that would be appealing to both him and really his uh, ardent supporters, especially from the standpoint of let's make marijuana a state's rights issue. Let each state decide, you know, what they're going to do within their states, just as they, they do now with gambling. The gambling laws in Indiana and Illinois are nothing like the gambling laws in Nevada, and everybody's fine with that. That's <laughs> Well, it's the same with alcohol, for God's sake. You know, there there's states that that have state-run alcohol stores and and have limits on when alcohol can be sold and served, and you know, others that say whatever, sky's the limit. You know, it, it, it's it's it, there's all kinds of 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 you know speed limits. Um, you know, so many different applications of states' rights that should be this. So much belongs in that arena. I just it, it blows me away that it's not there yet. But there are bills in Congress today that would make that so. Oh yes, and as you know, with California recently and and all the others now, I mean, states are starting to flex their muscles, saying this is what we want in our say. Right. <laughs> well, now, you, the, you know, the federal government would just see to the Tenth Amendment, which says. That, you know, those rights belong to the states. I think we could go a long way. Right. If it's not interstate commerce or national defense or border issues, I think the states are supposed to deal with most of their own messes. Exactly. Anything that uh, given to the Congress has a power in the Constitution is left to the state. Exactly. And that one, that one was obviously left to the state. <laughs> well, <laughs> congressmen are, are not necessarily the most reasonable, rational, rationable, rational creatures that I've ever uh, come in contact with. Um, and, you know, my hope is that with the upheaval that's going on right now, that we're going to have a, a, a big change of Congress one day soon, too. Because there isn't a whole lot of folks in there that I'd like to see there for a whole lot longer. <laughs> but change is underway. And it's, it's, I think uh, the country is coming to and uh, our new administration is taking a, you know, a, a new way and a new direction. I mean, and they're, they're taking definitely a new way of uh, bringing it about. And I don't know. Some things are going to be better and some things are going to be worse. And, Mr. Trump, I think, has a history of making more right decisions than wrong ones. Well, you know what? what's going to happen is people are getting moved to act. And, you know, for so long I've watched people um, be willing to sit on their chair and whine and bitch but never do anything about it. And now I'm watching people getting off their chair and walking in the streets. Even if I think their message is, is weak and watered down, it doesn't matter. They're out there walking and talking, and, at, you know, there's a law of physics that says things, objects in motion uh, tend to want to stay in motion. And so let's hope that, you know, we're, we're, we're starting to uh, get off of our collective asses and, and start to move. And that's how change happens. That's, you know, it's a, it's a 
it's a momentum issue. And, and Let's call it from a federal prison. As always, we have all the power. We always have. All we have to do is wield it and wield it in an in a effective way. There's plenty of people taking to the streets right now, and the, virtually all those groups really have no cohesive message. I mean, they, they've got myriad of messages, you know, equal to about the number of people in their crowds. And uh, if, we, if you could rally enough people around a marijuana message, I think so many of those groups that are already marching would jump under that banner. Well, you know, one of the things um, that that we're working on as an organization, or two things. One is our legal clinic, and we're working on, on you know, uh, a self-help uh, do-it-yourself kit that that's available to uh, defendants and plaintiffs and and people that want to go against the government or go against uh, you know injustices or protect their own rights and protect their own freedoms. Uh, to offer tools and, and strategies for that. Um, but the other side of this is, as a 501c3, we have made a pledge to uh, lock arms with other like-minded organizations. And as we broadened our mission a little bit this last year um, to include more civil rights uh, issues with uh, veterans and disabled folks, I'm still connected to the war on drugs, but you know, kind of opening up a little bit more specifically. And uh, we're looking to partner up with other organizations that have like-minded uh, uh, messages. And I, I think that I've got some skills, and I, we have an amazing team of, of leadership here that is really good at, at working with other people and, and organizing these things. I think we can be uh, have a role, in at least in some of this, and bringing some of the groups together and 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 getting more cohesive, clear, effective messaging. I agree. I agree. There would be strength in that. <clears throat> and just for legal representation through your clinic, I had a event today that I'm still kind of reading the book for. As you know, I'm kind of excited about the appeal I have in court over what the attorneys did to make me no longer eligible for executive clemency. Right. And really my appeal is to determine, since a prosecutor did it, it constitutes prosecutorial misconduct. And I've asked the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals down in Atlanta to figure out, how do you make it up for me right. for taking away my consideration under the Clemency Project 2014? Uh, as you know, there was, you couldn't find a person with more support than I had. No, no, I couldn't imagine that anybody in any, you know, anywhere. But uh, just today, the court had, uh, appointed me an attorney in this matter, but unfortunately this is an attorney who's also the municipal judge in this small town and has never worked in, really in federal law before. And, uh, he went out on his own today and filed the thing in the court, which basically asked the court to drop my appeal. What? So, yes. So now I'm scrambling to try to undo this, and uh, the way the federal law is, it's really hard. I'm not even allowed to file papers in the court where he filed this to try to stop it. So wait a minute, wait a minute. The 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 the, the judge that your legal counsel filed a, 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 a papers to dismiss your appeal. Yes, what it would do is instead of answering the appeal or making the government now answer and all that, my appeal is all briefed. 
But he's asked that the court just send the case back to the my district court judge and give him a chance to look at my thing again, uh, you know. But under no rules, under no consideration, under, you know, and not even to look at, you know, my the issues in my appeal. He, 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 didn't, he didn't know anything about federal criminal law, and he wanted to look at if I was denied an attorney. Well, unfortunately, in uh, federal prosecution, actually in state prosecution as well, you're... You have a Sixth Amendment constitutional right to have a lawyer during your court proceedings and on your first direct appeal. After that, you have no right to a lawyer. You have to either do it yourself or hire somebody or, you know, as you're talking about doing with the legal clinic now. So in my post-conviction proceeding, of course, some lawyers did, you know, some things that they weren't permitted to do. But the lawyer wants to complain that they violated my right to counsel when I never had a right to counsel. Oh, no. So the whole issue is imploding now, and they're just going to throw out the appeal at his request, potentially. I'm scrambling to try to find a way to stop it. Oh, no. You don't even get a chance to talk to this this so-called attorney? I did, and I finally got through to him on the phone today, and that's what he told me he did. And what did he say? I mean, well, I mean, what, what? I mean, did you get a, a? Did he give you time to have a conversation, or he just told you what happened and that was it? Yeah, he just told me. Well, that's what I filed. I figured that was us, and I explained to him, you know, why it's infirm, and he goes, "Well, oh, not too bad." Whoa! Oh man! It's kind of, it's kind of weird. It, it's, uh, prisoners around the country have to sit in prison due to the failures of their attorneys, but when their attorneys are failing. They have no ability to fix it. They can't stop it. It's really kind of an absurd system. But I'm going to do my best. I'm going to, I'm going to find some way on this. But, you know, it is. Well, correlates me if there's anything that you think that we can do from the outside one way or another. If if there's anything that can be done. There's your second beep. Yes, it is. But thank you. And please get your groups together. Have these groups that are kind of rudderless to... Uh, join up with you and get out there and say, you know, why isn't marijuana a state's rights issue? Why, you know, why does the law in California have to be the same as the law in Arizona and Georgia? And why does the federal government give a damn anyways? Yes, what, what do they care what you Ah, God. Oh, folks. Well, I certainly hope you give a damn. All of the listeners here... Anybody who listens to the archive, um, you know, I I, I I hope you were listening. I hope you were paying attention. And, you know, to anybody who thinks that this war is over, that we're done, it's all downhill from here, um, you know what? Listen to Craig Cecil, who's currently serving a life sentence in federal prison for pot and nothing else. Um, he had no... Other charges, everything was um, pot-related. Um, he had no priors. He's, he had no victim. Uh, he was the type of person who very much does not belong in prison of any kind, and especially not with a long term and especially not a life term. Um, so hopefully uh, we'll be able to come up with something that we can lend uh, assistance uh, if you've thought about participating in our legal clinic project, uh, please, 
consider putting an effort in. Please contact us. Uh, let me know if you're willing to participate. We're going to have somewhat of a conversation about this a little bit later on in the show. Um, but we're going to do all of our updates first, and then we'll see how much time we have left. So we're going to go back now to Aaron O'Neill, who was talking about um, his first trial. Um, and, uh, wow, Aaron, I, I, I don't know how much – I know you, you dropped off and you came back on. I don't know if you got to hear much of what Craig had to say, but – um, you know, for people who think that everything's all said and done and we're good and legal, uh, you know, we have a system, and the system's institutional, and it's been around for a long time, and it's 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 the ultimate good old boys club. And if you are unfortunate enough to get hooked up and sucked up and ground up into it, uh, it's not an easy thing to come out of. And you know, that was why Amen. I fought like hell to not get that felony stamp on my head and not have to do uh, a stint in federal or in, in state prison because once you get in, it's almost impossible to get all the way out. It's a brutal process, and one of the things I like to say is that listening to Craig and and from my own experiences is that you have to be your own advocate. I mean, you can have the greatest lawyer in the world, but you also have to know the law and listen to him talk about the appeal process and the work that he had to do you know, to correct the, you know, sort of what the public perceives as a fair shake when you get a public appointed attorney, which, you know, it isn't. They call them public pretenders for a reason, you know. And I know in El Dorado County, um, you know, my co-defendant had a um, public uh, pretender, and he basically told him, I don't know anything about 215. I don't even know where to begin. And that was his attorney. So it's like, yeah, I've heard that story, you know. unfortunately, way too many times. And, and once in a blue moon, um, you know, you can get represented by a public defender. But most of the time they are indeed pretenders. And their job is not and, to um, get your justice. Their job is to get your case off of their desk. And they'll do it the quickest, best way they know how. Yeah, I mean, you know, God bless them. They have a huge workload or whatever. But, you know, it just. I think that no, the public has fault. this sort of. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. But I think but my my point is, is that the public sort of has this perception that, well, you did this, so you must be wrong because you were found guilty or you pled out a case. But what they don't realize when you get up there and the tasks facing you, when somebody isn't even really on your side, you know, that you think right. that they're going to be, but they're not. And so, absolutely, so this is the perception I try to tell people. Well, and and that's something right. that I, you know, I, I bring up on this show a lot is the, the tremendous, tremendous respect I have for somebody willing to stand up and take their case to the box because I know the amazing pressure that gets put on people uh, from both sides. Now, the, the first side is, uh, you know, they do the, the carrot and stick with you, and they say, look, you know, we're going we're gonna to make you this deal that's going to keep you out of jail, um, but if you don't take it, they, they, they give you your, your, your high term that you're facing. And they let you know we're going to go after you with everything we've got if you don't take it. Yep. They talk about you know, the other people around you that will suffer. And, you know, it's, yep. it's, a, it's a brutal pressure, even on a state level. They, the federal they, is even worse. Uh, yeah, you know, and they beat you over the head with the minimum mandatories. You know, we're going to, you know, yep. this is what we're going to do. This is what you're facing. And it's a very ta- daunting task. And, you know, I have that. You know, I like to say all the time when I get a chance to speak in public is, you know, we stand on Thank God I had 215, you know, to defend the work that I did. Um, and I stood on the shoulders of giants. I really did. You know, I read the law. I understood the law before I even got into getting to do this full time. You know, I had 
17-year medical career. I worked in the neonatal intensive care unit. Um, you know, in the military, I was a 91 Alpha. Joined, you know, three days after high school. It's always been medicine's always been my thing, and I'm just so thankful that for Dennis Perone and the Steve Cubbies and the all these people, you know, and even my collective. You know, I can mention all the members of my collective that stood their ground and were not afraid to get on the stand and testify to the work right. that we'd done. And it was just, you know, it, it was a Worst of times, it was the best of times, as they say. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I was looking back at a face picture face. that was – yeah, then you got to go do it all again. I, I, yeah, I got you know, hit with a double whammy myself. I got one case. Oh. Um, I, I beat it. Five weeks later, they read me, and my second case yeah, started. And, and that's just some dirty pool, uh, yeah. man. I mean, it's just it, – Six years you know, later, I came out of the grinder. <laughs> Man, and it's Six people don't realize years, Can you imagine? Years. I mean, geez. I, you know, I, actually, I can't imagine. I'm telling you right now, man, you are, you are a hero amongst heroes, my friend. And like I said, I, you and so many people that I, I could just stand here and probably name, you know, 30, 40 people off the top of my head that has done work that I was able to rely on and utilize. And, you know, that's why I, well, like I don't look know. at it as heroic. I look at it as just being stubborn enough to not give up. Number one, and being right, just being, <laughs> being right. right. That's all I it think. is. You know, mm-hmm. you got the, yep. the Irish stubborn. I got the Italian stubborn. So <laughs> there's, there's, we all got our stubborn, but the bottom line was I, I didn't do anything wrong and I wasn't going to admit to doing something wrong when I didn't. And I just, I couldn't sleep with myself. I got to sleep with myself every night, no matter who else may or may not be there, I'm going to be there. And I couldn't imagine wrestling with, uh, with, with, with the fact that I, you know, acknowledge that I did something wrong, uh, when all I did was help people and I knew it. And, and, you know, fortunately I had enough people stand by me during my trial, um, enough people stand up and testify. And, you know, I watched those numbers dwindle though. You know, you, you, you're a, you're a strong statement to support because I, you know, I had 4,000 patients in my collective when it started. I had about four that were there at the very end, <laughs> but <laughs> had enough that were there during the middle of it that, that got it through. So, you know, people don't have yeah. a lot of stomach for this. So it's uh, it's real important. Well, why don't you tell me about the the new case? Because I know what about that that sure. old double whammy, and I, I got hit, you know, much the way you did. They they just came in and charged me for doing it again, <laughs> more or less, yeah. or still doing it yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, I told you a little bit. I, you know, just yeah. like you, you know, I was like, I'm not doing anything wrong, and I'm going to let 12 people judge me and won my case, and they didn't like that, and so they used no, the powers they, they have like to try to – no, and you know what happened with you, but with me, they they sicked every agency in El Dorado County Army they could possibly think of. I had, you know, child protective services. I had um, the child protective services in my home threatening my wife at the time as a registered nurse working in the intensive care unit. They threatened to call her supervisor. <clears throat> CPS wow. actually told her that she would be better off because, you know, she used cannabis too, and you know she's a big believer in it, and she's in medicine and and um, they told her she'd be better off using pills and alcohol. And I'm not joking. The CPS wow. worker did. And she and couldn't believe it. She's a trained nurse. She's like, you're ignorant. You don't know what you're talking about, you know. But wow. they, took our, they took our son away for, you know, a full week. And, you know, that was scary. And then I had fish and game came after me. I had the building department after me. I had um, – you know, I had every agency that they could that they could call everything, every force mustered in El Dorado County. They came at me with so, 
Um, and then they just, so after that, they lost that. They just decided, well, we're just going to grand jury indict him, not even go to a preliminary hearing and do another trial. And so that's where we're at now. I'm, I did exactly what you did. I, look, I'm not wrong. I'm going to continue to do the work I'm doing. I enjoy the work I'm doing. This was the work that I was put here to do for my life. I understand that now once I got involved in cannabis and understood what it could do. And so I went ahead and did another garden and they weren't happy about that. And so <laughs> kind of, that's where we're at. <laughs> I, got, I got bad respect for that. I, I, you and I are, are, are cast from the same cord, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, so, I mean, you know, I got out of jail and, and we, we, Pieced the collective back together and opened up the next day again. I said, "Screw you." That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah, that's totally cool. It was it was an ugly, it was totally an ugly cool. scene, but we 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 pulled it off. And we were we were right back to it. Yeah. So. What's well, kind of uh, what's really well, cool now okay, is so let's I, bring us up to speed with where you're at right now. Um, what sure. stage of the of the case are you in right now? Um, we are set for trial on April 4th. Uh, motions and limiting okay. will be heard on the 28th of March. Um, you know, we're going to pull, if we don't have a trial on the 4th, we're going to go ahead and pull a time waiver. We pulled a time waiver on the first trial, by the way, too, and shoved it up El Dorado County's ass. Oops, excuse my friend. Yeah. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> I know you're good at the podcast. Time... So you can say anything you want. <laughs> okay. We pulled the time waiver no, on the first no case, and we, <laughs> and we, and my attorney basically threatened them, look, we want our trial again, and if you don't give us our trial, we're going to um, pull our time waiver again on, on, on April 4th. So we're going to be going forward with a trial on April 4th, and um, and that's kind of where we are. You know, I've got my collective, my members of my collective all prepared and ready to go. We also have the beginnings of a tort filed against Eldorado County on the first case. We filed a $2.8 million tort that's made it through the first process. Um, nice. first stage of that, which is, you know, going in front of county council and they turned it down. The county council absolutely denied the claim to $20 million claim because they said that it was a late, it was a late claim, but you know, we were under yeah, criminal you got six months for to three file years. A tort on time. Yeah. 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 But we were under, but we did that, but we were, they were saying it was too late from the original charge, but we were in process. We were being prosecuted, uh, for three years, you know, we were under prosecution for three years. So, Oh Yeah. When you file, yeah, but they, 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 they really go not, after the initial uh, the initial report. I think is what they base the tort on. Yeah, but there's but some language matter. there you that allows. You've got a case to stand on. Yeah, absolutely. Even if it's mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. if it all it is is getting out there and and going through the process and bringing people uh, up to up to speed with what's going on. Taking an offensive action to me is worth you know several defensive actions. You know, you you it's a it's a whole different game. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, that's one good thing, too, is I've had phenomenal representation from the loss of Joseph Coley and his team, and he's told, he's, yeah, you know, I've had moments. the best about him in, in, <laughs> their, in his office. He's, he's a, yeah. a, a member in good standing with the Human Solution, and he's been uh, been supportive of our efforts. And, uh, you know, that was why earlier in the, in the show I, I was talking about, um, you know, I, I understood, I got mess, I got word that, he was requesting there be no court support for Benno's trial, and I, I guess it's because of some of the behavior of some of the supporters. And I was a little, a little shocked, embarrassed, and 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 frustrated over it. Yeah, yeah. He um he was concerned, you know, during my court case too, um, over court support. But you know, we we brought some court support in anyway, and um, um, it worked out really well, and he was happy with the result. But you know, it does take. 
you know, you have a lot of balls in the air at the same time and you got court support coming in. I understand. Sort of, as a defense, you got to be sort of on that too. It's like, look, we, this is the behavior that we're expected in the courtroom, you know, this is the Well, listen, the I, I want to make a, an offer to you that I have seldom made um, to anybody, but I have made it to a few, and when, I, when it's been accepted, I've been able to deliver. Um, I'm willing to help organize and, and participate in your court support. Um, you know, I'm down in Southern California, but if, you know, basically the way I, I, I do it, if, if a jury gets picked, if, if they call, all right, we're picking a jury, that's when I get the call. It says, okay, we're doing it. Um, otherwise, you know, I know I've, I've, I've traveled many, many times, and, you know, it just gets put out. And, you know, that doesn't do anybody any good. But um, that, that, I, I, I am well-versed in court support. <laughs> I, I know how to organize it. I know how to, um, you know, from, from Kansas to uh, Montana to all over California, Nevada, Arizona, you know, all over the country I've organized court support successfully. Um, and if you can get people that are willing to, um, you know, get together on a couple of conference calls ahead of time, um, get together at a meeting ahead of time, and go over strategy, I'm willing to organize that and give you that, that energy and the support of the human solution. Man, I, I would love that, man. And, and I, I, you know, I think that's pretty interesting, too, that you said that wait till the jury's picked because that's key. I think that, you know, you do a lot of work trying to get – your people ready and get other people supporting you in the court. And it's always some, you know, continuance and, you know, the whole point exactly. of saying, exactly. You know, yeah, support you know, is for the locals until the, until it's the real thing. And then you bring yes. out everything you got, but that's, yes, that's just sort of a, an old timers take on it because I, I have traveled, you know, 600 miles to, to sit in a hearing that got, was nothing but a continuance, and uh, you know, it's just it's it's not something that I, I'm willing to do anymore that way. But um, here's what I want to do: you got a pen and paper? I am actually driving in my car right now, Joe, to tell you the truth. Um, okay, well, Mary, can I call? Uh, can I, Mary oh, great, is the great. one that that brought you to me and to this show, and she knows my personal number, and so okay. get it from her and use it. Okay, and call me and let us and she was uh, very, let's strategize. She, she was very instrumental in getting me to call you too, by the way. So I just wanted to let you know that she, you know, she wanted me to call in. She's been coming to my, all my court dates and seeing what I've been going through. And she's like, man, you know, she's amazing. You know, she, we need she to stood her ground <laughs> and, and she, she walked out, uh, standing tall. So she's, she's one of my local heroes up there. So, um, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm proud to, to have her on my board and, and she's, uh, just a big part of, of what we do. So, Get get with her on that, and I will bring the full weight of our experience um, of, of organizing court support to your trial. Okay, okay, cool. Thank you very much, Joe. I really appreciate that, and thanks for spending the time oh, with me this evening I, on the radio. I look forward okay. to being there and watching another win. We just need to win. That's all. <laughs> yes. um, well, all right, is there anything else that you want to uh, shout out, uh, ask for, um, anything that this is it? you got the, you got the floor. Can I just uh, – I'd like to just thank my co- the members of my collective. There's several people in my collective that have stood strong with me through this process, and I'd like to give a shout-out to um, Kavai Floyd and Sue Colome and Jason Wolf and Scott Walker and my dad, my mom and dad. Um, you know, uh, I could probably name probably 20 more people real easily, but um, just uh, I have a phenomenal group of people around me, and 
you know, I got a little lump in my throat right now. I really couldn't have done it without them. They really stood strong and they stood. I, by I know me. that lump, my friend. I know that lump. I looked back at a picture of uh, my preliminary hearing and I, I looked at all the people that were there and, and, and the people that actually got up and testified. Uh, what could be more terrifying than testifying on the stand? And to watch yeah. those, those people that, that, that stood tall and did the right thing and didn't quiver, didn't waver, didn't bow, didn't break. And, uh, you know, like you said, you're standing tall on the on the, the shoulders of our ancestors, but we're, we're also holding each other up at the same time. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that's what support's all about, my friend. That's what support's all about. <laughs> all Excellent. right. Well, thank you, right, Joe. I really appreciate it. I look forward um, to talking I, to you. I, what's that? I look forward to talking to you soon, Joe. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, thanks for being on the show, and uh, we're standing by you. This is why we're here. Cool, cool. All, All right, right we'll talk, talk to you, everybody later. Bye-bye. All right, again, folks, this is Aaron O'Neill, uh, current defendant in El Dorado County, where in California, where it's legal. <laughs> Get it? Legal. Oh, wait a minute. Um, okay, well, we do have our special guest, uh, Dolores. Um, Dolores Halbin has been a guest here on the show, and she's a friend of the Human Solution, and she's got some fantastic ideas. And, you know, um, I'm going to go ahead and bring up um, a couple of our members, because we're part of the what we've decided we're going to do with this show is have a, you know, a little discussion. And, um, you know, the Human Solution has a a legal clinic that we're that we're in the process of building and it's it's a self-help tool that's going to be available on our website and we do have a couple of attorneys that have stepped up and they're willing to help out and we're looking to uh reach out to more attorneys to get um you know um legal papers and and arguments and and things that can be useful that that a defendant can use or give to their attorney or their public pretender as the case may be uh, to use in their own trials or, or in, in some cases in civil actions. It could be, a, uh, you know, a tort claim. It could be any sort of thing. Uh, I believe strongly that if we knew the tools that were at our fingertips, we would be able to use them, and we would use them. We would use them more than we do, that's for darn sure. Um, and Dolores has found a tool. She's found an incredible tool, and this tool is called Form 95. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring up um, I'm going to bring up a few uh, of members of our legal or our I'm sorry our leadership team. We got more people still uh, thinking that it's a good idea to um, text me live on the show, and you know that's always the best time to text me. Um, all right, so Mary, why don't you come back up live here? And Lisa, I know you're um, streaming everything live, but why don't you, uh, or you can just join me over here. I got Lisa Anderson, the Human Solutions Vice President, sitting here with me, right next to me, with me right now. And so she can join the conversation. She's actually streaming this live somewhere. Where is it streaming right now? We're now we're on Facebook. Oh, okay. So. We're we're this show is being streamed. It's been streamed the whole time, and uh, I guess it was on Twitter, and now it's on Facebook. Um, so, anyways, um, so let's see. Mary's jumping on to screen a call real quick. I'm going to bring up Dolores. I got Kathy Z along here with us, and she's part of our uh, legal team. Mike was here for a while, but 
he's no longer here. Um, so let's go ahead and bring up Dolores first, and let's do a nice, fine welcome to A Cup of Joe. Dolores, welcome to the show. How are you doing? It's been so long. It's been a while. It's good to talk to you, Joe. Thanks for having me back on. I'm grateful. Well, I'm really before, happy I have a signal. <laughs> I have a signal. You're welcome. I you have a what? I have oh, a signal. Oh, good, good. Oh, yeah, that's right. You have a limited <laughs> reception situation where, you, where you're at. I well, do. I'm glad this today was a good reception day. Yes. So, yes, um, that. you know, we're in a situation here where uh, the Human Solution has been working on its legal clinic and um, creating a number of um, um, projects, uh, resources, um, ways for people to participate, um, and also resources for people who uh find themselves in a legal jam uh find themselves with the justice department breathing down you know, their neck I, I cannot cannot absolutely thank you enough for doing that when i went through our i mean we our stuff was in 2014 but my son his stuff started a really long time ago and just ended and there was nothing i mean there was it was it was a deep learning curves. So what you guys are doing is just absolutely wonderful. And uh, what I wanted to add right off the bat, because that's my bedtime here. You guys are in California. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It gets dark. There's nothing else to do. Just go to bed. Um, (laughs) On your clinic, on your clinic, there is Every state now, I believe, there may be one or two that doesn't, but almost every state has their own State Cannabis Nurses Association, and there is an American Cannabis Nurses Association. Now, I'm going to be real blunt. I haven't seen them do much. Um, A lot of educational stuff, but as far as, you know, the grassroots get out into the community. These are these are big nursing organizations that kind of work on writing protocols and stuff like that. But I would really like to see, they have a website, and I would really like to see you and your group go directly to the American Cannabis Nurses Association and say, hey, we need cannabis nurses for legal support and request that directly from the organization. And I've been on them, just, I'm just a member, but I've been on them to form, you know, this, this is something we could actually be doing. I'm an activist. <laughs> I think you should Well, I, I am too, activist. as you may have uh, discovered. And I think that that's a fantastic uh suggestion and I've got my trusty vice president sitting by my side and you know it's a funny thing about vice presidents um, their job is to be uh, an arm of what I don't have the ability to do at any given moment so I'm actually going to give that task to the amazing Lisa who's standing right here next to me taking notes notes. so um, consider that tell him I told you (laughs) no I I, you know what happens on the cup of joe stays on a cup of joe just know yeah, that. There you yeah. Go. Just for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a secret. 
It's exactly. But really, you guys well, absolutely need to be hitting up for nurses because if I would have had um, Alice Randall O'Leary, who was uh, Robert Randall's wife, and he, of course, sued the United States government in 1976 over the glaucoma treatment and won, and that's when that glaucoma treatment started until the era. They had 300 people that they were sending really crappy uh, cannabis to from their Massachusetts farm, but, you know, they sent out 300 tens a month with, you know, 300 pre-rolled joints in them uh, all over the country. I got this weird news article I cut out a while back that said uh, uh, U.S. Postal Service loses loses man's medical marijuana. And this was about five years ago. Oh, figure, I think huh? Yeah, I think Alvy and there's one other person I think that are still getting it because it was grandfather. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, yeah. I mean, the federal government is seriously the flat Earth society right now to have all of this science and to be actually still sending it out and saying, nope, it's class one. Um, now, what to do about that? Uh, again, there's no point in preaching to the choir, but what to do about that with a new administration now? We've got to, and I just have to say, I am so morbidly disappointed that we had eight years of the Obama administration and didn't. this was never addressed on a federal level. But um, hopefully... I mean, we we have a new president that doesn't mind taking up his pen and changing whatever he doesn't like. So if we can make hey. him not like this, that's really important. You know, we were talking about earlier on the show that as much as people have, you know, so many reasons for not liking this administration, um, not one of those reasons is a history of bad policies because we don't have that yet. He has the opportunity no. to make them, but he also has the opportunity yeah. to make good policy. And we were talking no, about absolutely. very specifically, this president seems to be one that would be swayed by a positive message from his constituents. And, well, and I, well, let me interject here. If we not only give him a positive message, but if we convince him that countries on the CBS News tonight on their news stations, this was in the UK, Italy, and I forget what the third country was, their lead story was the United States government is in chaos. That's the <laughs> international lead story, is that our government is in chaos. So how do you get us out of chaos? Well, you legalize cannabis right now. We can all just start growing our own. We, we won't need nearly as much health care because we can take care of ourselves. We'll all be distracted we'll be from your emails and, and we won't really care. Right. <laughs> legalize cannabis, decriminalize it, and we'll go about our merry way and you can do whatever you want. Um, <laughs> and and come at it with that approach of, you know, this would really appease the masses right now. And that might be, um, that is the approach I am going to take when I start writing letters 
to this administration. But a very interesting thing, my my sister-in-law has jumped into politics here in California where you guys are and uh, has started calling politicians. And it is, especially in California, it's not so much here because we're always just crazy in Missouri and Kansas, but nobody's ever had to govern. Nobody's ever been swamped with emails and phone calls uh, and and walks and marches on the level, not since the civil rights. Nothing has sparked it. So it's good that people are waking up. I just wish they realized how significant cannabis is. And I do think it's, it's important to continue with the DOJ 95s. Those are piling up, and they do have to deal with them. And there's no tracking. Well, why don't you uh, reiterate that? I know... Um, you were on, I don't know, six months ago or so mm-hmm. and told us about uh, the DOJ Form 95. Um, but, you know, uh, sometimes people need to be reminded. And the the truth is our, our audience grows every week and we're reaching new people all the time. And the only way that they're going to know what happened, I can either direct them to that old archive or you can tell them again. So why don't we go right. that route? I mean, you really don't need That's an right. archive. You just Google, I want to sue the federal government. <laughs> okay, and that's a great, that's a great thing. Google wants to sue the federal government. government. That should be yeah. put on everybody's uh, uh, wall today. I mean, shouldn't everyone want to sue the federal government right now? I sure do. I, I, mean, <laughs> I sure do. Um I, I really, really do. I mean, they've cost me a bloody fortune and my husband, you know. I mean, I've got a little bone to pick here. So, um, but it's so easy. I mean, we did this when we were on and talking about this. You went on and did yours on the air. It's a 15-minute In fact, <laughs> I do that kind of stuff. Yeah, and anybody can do it. But the thing is... um. It's a tool that I don't know how it got there, and I found it just by saying I, I I literally Googled, I want to sue the federal government. And this form popped up, the Department of Justice Form 95 for injury and or death caused by the federal government. Now, it's an interesting process because you have to ask permission to sue the federal government, but it is surprising how many times they allow themselves to be sued. Um, they actually employ independent attorneys to to go over these things, but every one of us that files one of these forms is an individual lawsuit against the federal government. It has to be assigned a number. It has to be given a case number. It has to be given an attorney. It has to be investigated. And within six months, they have to reply to you per registered letter and then if they deny your claim, you have another six months to appeal. So for every, you know, I haven't heard back months, yet. They heard anything? Yeah, but you will. You will. Yeah, I'm and, looking and forward. And it will come in a registered letter. So it took six it? months. I mean, I think they got what mine back to me within two days of what the six months. What uh, Well, they denied my claim. Um and I and I did it wrong because I was my husband was still alive at the time. So rather than appeal, what I did is I refiled under wrongful death because um, I was suing for damages, you know, because they didn't medicate him when he was in jail. 
and for excessive, you know, bond against the Eighth Amendment, which $25,000 on an old man that's sick that's not got any criminal record and his nurse wife apiece, $50,000 bond was excessive. And the week that they kept him on the floor of a 12 by 12 foot jail cell killed him. So I changed it to wrongful death and refiled it rather than go through the appeal process. But when when all this comes to a head, with these, which eventually it will, because you know, there's there's an expression I learned from my secretary when I was a school nurse that you know the truth is still in there tying up its shoelaces while the lies are running down the hall. That eventually the truth will catch up, <laughs> and then they're going to have to set up a victims fund. You know, they're going to have to set up a victims fund, just like they did with the Tuskegee Airmen and every other lie that they've gotten busted at over the decades. But this is the biggest one by far. You by left far. me speechless. You left me speechless, so that's why I'm just real quiet. So I think that people, I'm hoping that they heard it and that they do what you did and write that. that we have to do that. I want to I want to do a shout out here real quick, and hopefully we get some people that want to want to chime in here. All right, so you're listening to uh, Dolores Halbin, and she is uh, talking about her experience and uh, a, a method that you have, a tool that you have to sue the federal government, and it's a simple tool. And uh, if you're listening right now and you have a question for Dolores or for any of us. Um, about this, give us a call. The number is, once again, 646-929-2495. If you're sitting on the air uh, on your phone right now and you want to ask a question, hang up and call back and tell our lovely screener that you have something you want to say. So, non-compliant um, Yep, non-compliant Mary will hook you up. <laughs> um, and, and this is really, like I said, um, for our self-help legal clinic, this is uh, an absolute tool both uh, to put up there, and I believe we have a link to it up there right now, but if we don't, it'll be there very soon. Yep. Um, and number two, um, the, the Cannabis Nurses Association with chapters all over the country um, to request that they participate as uh, expert witnesses, um, you know, it, it, there's a number of ways that uh, that a, a nurse could be valuable on uh, with regards to a legal action, and it could be a defensive action, uh, such as an expert witness in a criminal case, or it could be um, a, an offensive action, such as an expert mm-hmm. witness in a civil case. Um, there's a Absolutely. lot of ways. To Absolutely. Take, all right, so I just Absolutely. had to give that shout-out. All right, Dolores, continue. Um so uh, it's a simple form. We download it. Uh, we we uh, fill it out. We send it back into them, and uh, it has to be addressed. Once again, this is one of these things that people can do uh, from the comfort of their own home. If you are uh, debilitated, if you're bedridden, if you're uh, wheelchair bound, if you're um, you know a deaf mute, you can do this. Anybody can do this. And it's it's important again that people know the tools they have. That's what our legal clinic's all about. It's about empowering the individual to take an action that they might not be able to navigate on their own. Um, you know, when I got busted, 
I didn't have anybody tell me what to do either. That's why we made the human solution, because I wasn't about to be run through a ringer that there was no answers for. So I demanded yeah. it, and here we are. Now we have uh, tools that we can hand over to other people, and, and people like Aaron, who was just on the line, um, have somebody they can reach out to, and, and uh, we know that we're not done. If I've got multiple trials going on in California where we just passed a legalization bill, you can be darn sure that other places all over the, the country are, are dealing with the same problem. California's had a, a, a law in the books for now 20 years, and yeah. we're still arresting people for pot just like we ever did, and it hasn't changed. So we can make this change. And the sentences are wicked, 10 years, Lance. Uh, oh, it, 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 I mean, it's, it's, oh, it's I mean, 10 years sentences. It's just, no, yeah, this is not violent. This should be a fine. Yes. It, 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 should at, be at a most. it should be a fine. At, at the best, exactly. if they're going to do anything. But again, it all comes back to the federal government creating chaos in the state. But I, I need to do a shout-out here to the state of Kansas. Yes. Kansas is, has been thought to be, it's going to be number 50. So um, Kansas is just plain different. Kansas actually made the Jeopardy question the other day um, <laughs> because who was the state that was being sued for defunding their educational system? <laughs> Kansas. So, that sounds Kansas, Kansas yeah. But, yeah, but I've been the there, done that, group, I, I, but not to have to go back. The Bleeding Kansas core group of moms of these special needs kids powerhouse, and they have we written love them. that they, they, uh, they, they, they've, they've got a hearing. They've got the safe access accepted, and they were notified two hours ago that on Monday they are having both the federal and the state affairs committee hearings in in Topeka, so they oh, are they scrambling. Right on. Yeah, Lisa. We Lisa need Sub, our last show. Lisa Sublet. Yeah. This. Uh, yeah, she's a friend of the show, a personal friend, and um, right, uh, right. They, well, we yeah, need. need but I didn't hear about this. Happened. All hands on deck. We need as many emails and phone calls as we can get between now and Monday and testimonials. Um, I'm going to message her right now see if I can get her on the air. Yeah, if you can get her, well, uh, you might. I tried to get. I tried to get one of them on the air with me tonight. I'm like, hey, take my spot because this is so important, you know. But they are just, they are frantically working because, I mean, this is what. Till Monday, so I don't know if you can reach him or not. But Chris, well, I just wants, tried. Chris Gordon, see what happens? She's uh, she calls the show very regularly. She was on a couple of weeks ago and told us about this. But um, the fact that it's come this far, hopefully, I yeah, can get they we'll got it. it. They got it. They got it. If we get Another Kansas, half, uh, half an hour Kansas will make national news. And that so well, so, I know how hard Lisa has worked and. Uh, I personally went on to that um, uh, the online um, petition and and wrote out a, a declaration um, and Good. you know well, I, I can only do so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm willing to do anything it takes. I'll, I'll speak on the floor if I can. Anything I could do. I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. 
Well, get a hold of Lisa and ask her what you can do to help. Um, I did talk to Chris Gordon. Oh, she's Autumn. calling in. So oh, good, in. good. Well, we'll let her talk. <laughs> That's the power <laughs> of the cup of Joe. <laughs> Absolutely. I was hoping. I was hoping I wanted them on. This is so important. They need to talk about what's happening. And then we need everybody to help. No, this is help. exciting because she's been building we up need. this for a while, and I know yeah. how hard she's been working. They've been out there every day oh, for God. how long. They work, they work so hard. I, I cannot say enough about these moms. And it doesn't matter what state you are in, everybody can pitch in. If we get Kansas, that's oh, the geez, heartland. Oh, Kansas, we everybody can do anywhere. We else can do <laughs> dominoes. It's going to be the dominoes. I Kansas will make the national news. So I'm going to let's get the Florida oh, news. It, it, everybody do what she big, says. I am tipping there. <laughs> All right. Well, Dolores, I am tickled. I encourage you to stick on the line um, while Lisa gets on. Um, I've got a couple oh, of other updates. Oh, I'm going to hang in here. Beautiful, beautiful. I'm going to stay with well, the show, so, so if you, yeah, if you want me to, if you want me to cut back <laughs> in, I will. I'm going to shut up and let Lisa talk. So. All <laughs> right, well, I'm going to leave live on the air. I'm going to leave your mic open, so just know that. Okay. And if, okay. if when she calls in, you you have the ability to chime in. So just just okay. be mindful of that. You're live on, even if you're not talking. All right. Thank you okay, so much, Dolores Halpin, uh, with the American Cannabis Nurses Association, and uh, she made this amazing discovery of Form 95, where you personally can sue the federal government, and they have to acknowledge your claim, folks. This is the easiest way that you can make a difference, even easier than showing up in the court supporting a defendant. So, all right, um, let's see. I've got Galen Fisher and Lori Murphy from our Las Vegas chapter, and uh, they've got a little update they want to bring to us right now. And then we're going to bring the amazing Tom Corby from Oroville to give us a NorCal update. And uh, then... Somewhere in the middle of this, Lisa Sublet will be calling in, and we're going to hear about what's happening in Kansas. Uh, awesome. Okay, Galen and Lori calling in from Las Vegas, Nevada. Welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Hey, Joe. How are you guys doing? I got Lisa here with me, too. Hi, Galen. Hi, Lori. Hey, Hi, hey Lisa. Lisa. How are you? Hi, Tom. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Almost a reunion. So what's what's in Nevada these days? Well, uh, Joe, you know, same old same. First of all, we want to say thank you to you, Joe, and uh, for doing what you're doing here in Cecil and calling every week. And, you know, the times that I hear him and hearing his story just kind of reminds me that, you know, this this is something that still is plaguing our community. Um, here in Nevada, it's legal recreation as well as um uh, medical as it's been, you know, we passed uh, prop or question number two, as well as you guys prop uh, UMA 64. And uh, here's the thing. Most people, most people are in around smoking in public on, on YouTube and our Facebook or whatever like that. And they're saying, Hey, it's legal. And they're touting it that way. And the perception is that it's, it's a free for all. And, and the two things, Two things are wrong with that. First of all, law enforcement has yet to come. Law enforcement has yet to come around and recognize the law. And so there are a lot of people within law enforcement that still are under 
their personal opinions. And from what I've seen, my our experience here is that some officers say, you know, regardless of what the law says, they feel as if another way. And so that that becomes a problem, especially if you're not being mindful of that particular fact. Where we're one year within so-called legalization and left and right, we find that people are still being arrested. Um, the legalization measures seem only to be for those that could afford to participate within the government, or excuse me, the grand monopoly <laughs> that uh, that has been um, forested by local politicians and law enforcement and legal um, community uh, uh, personnel, for lack of a better term. And, 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 and that's okay because I support them. I support them if they want to, you know, they say, hey, you know, we, we, we realized that we were wrong and, you know, this is a good thing and it helps people and, and we want to change things. But the first thing is not being changed is, is, is people like Cecil. You know, that's not being changed. What's being changed is that their purses and their bank accounts are being changed first. And, and, and that's my only thing. I stand up for the judge who wants to open a dispensary. I, however, I can't stand for the judge who doesn't want to come out publicly and say that, hey, this is what I do, and then retroactively turn over the convictions that maybe 15, 20 years of his career sentenced people for marijuana charges. I can't support that. And, and well, those are the it's, a, it's a twisted um, road that we're traveling on right now. And, you know, the way forward is sometimes the way back. And things aren't always what they appear to be. And that's why, you know, when these ballot initiatives were coming up in California, especially, uh, I was adamantly against it. People were like, how, how could you be against it? It's a step forward. It's legalization. I says, well, you watch, you watch. I'm going to still be sitting right. in, in state trials, um, you know, six months afterward. Oh, look at that. Here we are. We're, we just had a discussion about two trials going on in California. I thought that wasn't supposed to happen. Well, it is, and it did, and it's going to continue until we stop it. Now, legislation is, is an answer. It's, it's one step, especially in a place like Kansas. We're going to be bringing up Lisa in, a, in, a, in a, just a couple of seconds to tell us the exciting news. In Kansas, it's a it's a whole different world. There's no ballot initiative process, and the 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 legislative process is what they have to make something happen. There, you can't pass a ballot initiative in Kansas. They don't have it, and so the the fact that uh, this this small group of amazing people um, introduced a bill and got it got it submitted, and now we have an ability to to have a, a, a joint session hearing. Um, it, it, it's a huge step, and even if huge. the bill may not be, I know it, they put a huge amount of heart into it. And Lisa's come on yeah. and told us about the provisions of the bill, and just to to make a shift like that in a place like Kansas, you know, right. Nevada, California, Arizona, Washington, Oregon, all of those places um, have already been, you know, pretty left leaning to begin with, at least uh, in, in this sort of thing, and you know, the the transition is. Twisted, but it. We already laid the groundwork for this to happen. All if, if the people were just to stand up and demand 
uh, application of some of the laws that were already on the books, we don't need anything more than that. It, it, it's, it's unfortunate that money has gotten deeply involved and the money is influencing uh, the actual policies that, in, that affect the people that are involved. But we're going to talk more about that. We're running low on time, Galen, and I've got to bring Lisa up uh, because she just had this huge breaking news that I just got minutes ago from Dolores. Um, is there any other thing you want to shout out? We're going to continue the discussion about legalization, what it is, what it isn't, uh, you know, the, the, the primary, secondary, tertiary effects to not only, uh, you know, the people in business, and, but the individuals affected by all of it. Uh, we're going to continue this discussion in, in every show that we continue. But do you have a specific message for us today from Vegas? Oh, basically, uh, just want to thank you guys for just setting a good role model for, you know, all of us in the community, because a lot of times there's, we don't know which way to go. We don't know how to go about things, but when we see like-minded peers advocating and moving forward in progress and making progress, then it kind of makes us either, it kind of makes us either feel like we're doing something to attribute to that or we're not doing enough. And so, if that well, is, if that is the cat, yeah, that's the cat. Yeah, so, yeah, heck yeah, and so thank but, you guys. And, and if you know, sorry, and if I, 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 visiting Nevada, the, our limitations are one ounce. They don't ask you where you got it from, and that's our limitations as of right now. One ounce is what you can have in Nevada, then just uh, and three and three point five. Because one ounce of, is good enough for everybody. Oh no, I'm just yeah, kidding. <laughs> Just going on and 
just to, it'll give you an idea of how much work we now have ahead of us two days. Um, we had heard, we were in Senate and House House committees, and we have been the last three weeks working every member of these committees, getting people to call, getting people to email, stopping by the offices, making appointments, just working all of these committee members. But the fact is those are not exempt committees, which means come February 20th, which is turnaround day, we're dead in the water till next session. We had an offer from a senator who has another bill. His bill is having a hearing on Monday. From what I understand, and we still have to get this verified, he is going to do what's called a gut and go, which means he guts all of his language, puts all of our language in, and so now we uh-huh. have a hearing on Monday. Uh-huh. But this is this is this. It's not in the any of the committees we have spent three and a half weeks working. These are completely new members. There's a few on here that sit on other committee, committees that we have worked. But because the odds and the ratios were different on those other committees, there were other members that we worked harder. Um, this is, by and large, a solid GOP committee. Um, and <laughs> so... Despite being exhausted or being sick, uh, and we've got to gear up everyone, once we get this absolutely confirmed, to now turn around and ask our people to please just bombard these people with information. And then Don and I will be scrambling the next two days to try to get 10 minutes. We, you know, whether we walk down the hall with them, ride the elevator with them, whatever, um, to try to get 10 minutes with them. Um, so, uh, it's like a cold calling session, whereas usually we try to really work these people before we get to hearing. So it is a huge blessing. This is an exempt committee, which means we would not die the 20th. We would have through March. You still there? Lisa? Ah, crap. I think we lost her. Ah, well, there we go. Um I'm not sure what's happening here. You're still said still says you're on the air, but I know I'm on the air. I'm, I'm, on the air. I'm, yeah. Oh, there you are. You there? Oh, I don't know what's happening here. Lisa, we cannot hear you. Oh, 13 minutes to to end, and Lisa is unaudible. Are you hitting your mute button? Lisa Sublet, where are you? Oh, okay, well, I'm not quite sure uh, where you are, but if you pop back, I'm going to leave your line back still on. And uh, Dolores, can you still hear us? Am I off? Shoot, can anybody hear me? <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. Is there anybody in there? Let me look in the camera. Galen, you on here?
Joe? Hello. I'm Joe. Yes, yeah, I'm Lisa. back. Holy <laughs> crap. I have no idea what just happened. That was the craziest thing. I was just <laughs> dialing and dialing and dialing. Everybody, Lisa, you were off. I couldn't hear you anymore. And then all of a sudden, I didn't oh. exist anymore. <laughs> That was the craziest thing I ever saw. I'm sitting here madly dialing back in. I dial back in, and they says, no, the host is already on. There's only one host at a time. I'm like, I have no idea what just happened. Well, wow. I appreciate everybody that stayed with us. We lost a bunch of callers all at once, but uh, it looks like oh, a bunch no. of people are coming back. It's all right. It's all right. We'll continue. Lisa, I apologize. Uh, so you, you cut off right when you were talking about you got this sort of uh, small window of being able to uh, – cold call uh, members of these new committees, and you're basically going to be lurking the halls uh, looking for an opportunity <laughs> to <laughs> – I love it. No, you know what? Yeah. I've always had a, a, a saying that friendly stalking is okay. So yes. you know, you'll be friendly well, stalking. <laughs> and well, so far, I, I mean, think can people show up. If Oklahoma, if you're within 200 miles, I mean, for God's sake, I, I've seen moms bring in their seizure kids from St. Louis to Jefferson City for the day. If they can do that, then some of our able-bodied people can get in the car and drive down Monday to Topeka. This is this is one of the most historically significant moments in cannabis reform history, and I, I say that not lightly. What <laughs> Lisa and these women have done is astounding, and Kansas going, it, it, I got goosebumps. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be the dominant. So, let's take a, so anybody that can show up and let in people Kansas. know exactly where they can go, exactly what time, and if yeah. you were to be able to have the miracle of a thousand people marching in yeah. to support you, where would they be exactly? Well, uh, again, we're still waiting for confirmation. We got messages while I was driving back from Topeka, and I had to stop by the mechanic, everything else, and I have not been able to get back in touch with them. So um, I think if you can watch, we just we just gutted everything that I had scheduled for our Bleeding Canvas, uh, Kansas Advocates Facebook page. I just gutted my schedule. So just I would say watch that for updates. It looks like it's going to be Monday at 1030 in the morning in room 144 South. Um, But like I said, I've got to get that absolutely confirmed because we have right now, I think, uh, over 65 testimonies. So just to get all of those printed and collated and all that stuff and get that turned in. We have to turn them in in PDF form and in paper form. And some of these committees now are asking for 60 copies apiece. So I will be doing what? Yeah, I will be bringing in a hand truck to get these from the printer to the Capitol. But um, so we've just got a lot of prep work to do. So we're waiting for this confirmation. We're, we're Luckily, we already had testimonies gathered. And uh, so I'm finishing up. Uh, some stuff tonight. I have a 52-page research document that we've compiled, 
And then I'm adding some new stuff to that because, unfortunately, just in one county of Kansas alone, our heroin overdose deaths have gone up 600%. Um, we heard from law enforcement at the asset forfeiture seizure hearing that we're at tipping point in Kansas. And he looked at the committee members and said, you don't even know what's coming. So um, trying to get through their minds that the time to engage harm reduction policy is now, the time to give people safer pain management options is now, because you're talking about close to a year for rollout, then another year to really impact on the public level. Um, you know, we could be knee deep in East Coast sloppy by then if we don't if we don't act now. So, and Kansas this is one of three states that doesn't even have an overdose drug on the ambulances. So, uh, we're talking a lot of lives uh, will be lost. So we're and, just and I, I want to let me let me pop in here for a minute to the big audience out here. Because I have heard people on this show for all the times I've listened from other states going, hey, you need me, I'll be there. Lisa, Chris Gordon, the women that are doing this are parents of, of, of little kids. They've got families. They've got special needs kids. And, and they are committing. They're not sleeping. <laughs> this is out-of-pocket expenses. They're sick. They don't have any money. Their cars are breaking down, their tires are blowing, and they're doing this on absolutely nothing. So if you don't have time, if you can't drive in, if you don't have anything else, for God's sake, give them some money. You know, help (laughs) cover some of the expenses to buy them some tires, a tank of gas, a Happy Meal at McDonald's for the kids. I mean, Lisa and these women, I swear to God, nobody understands the life of a mom with, with, with children and special needs. And then to take on a project like this, you know, when the rest of us are just at home on our couches, that's BS, man. Everybody needs to get all hands on deck on this and do absolutely everything we can for Bleeding Kansas in the next four days. And if that means packing your bag getting in the car and driving to Kansas tonight, then that's what needs to happen. This is big. This is serious. We have to help Lisa and Chris and the rest of these women that are doing this. We we have to help them now with 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 every resource we can come up with. This is the big battle. This is our I mean, this is it. This is it. Yeah, and I I really think Lisa, one more time. uh, We're we're running short on time, um, but I want to give you um, that moment to to (laughs) give us your connection. How do how do we reach you? If somebody's got twenty bucks, they want to donate to your fund. um, (laughs) They they may be able to show up, uh, but they just need to you know get confirmation. How do we reach Lisa Sublet in Bleeding Kansas? You can look up. Oh, not again. Oh, I don't know what's happening. I did it again. Confirmed. Oh, gonna be... God, it can't go now. It's on Facebook, Bleeding oh, Kansas. Oh, no, no, you're still there. Okay, it's not me. It's Lisa. <laughs> God dang it. Oh, okay, right, well... sorry. Can you hear oh, me? Oh, there you are. Yes, yes. Okay. Sorry. Talk fast, girl. <laughs> um, you can also check our, our website, which is BKS 
advocates.org. But, um, yeah, definitely stay on that Facebook. Uh, you can email info at bleedingks.org. Um, and, you know, those are different ways you can, you can get a hold of us. You can always get a hold of us through the Facebook page as well. Uh, Chris is chris.gordon at bleedingks.org. Uh, as Don and I are at the Capitol, Chris and, and Charlotte kind of uh, are, have been doing remarkable work. Uh, so you can um, get a hold of Chris that way too, and she can keep people updated. Um, I wish we had a firm answer, but it, so far it looks like it's Monday at 1030 uh, in 144 South, but we have to confirm that. So just keep an eye on the Facebook page as soon as we know. Everyone else will know, and uh, we're just going to be working our tails off uh, the next few days to get ready for that. And we do appreciate right, those well, prayers. If, if I can't happened, tell you. We appreciate We just if, we if appreciate something happens those prayers. and you need a, a, a boost of, of shout-out, I, I am seldom on Facebook, but when if, if somebody can get me the message, I will turn the machine on every way we have, and uh, we'll, we'll do everything we can to help share, share the message. Thank you, Joe. You know I love you so much, and you know oh, I love, I love you, you back. And, uh, um, you're doing fantastic work. You're a pioneer out there, and uh, you know <laughs> I, uh, if I lived out there, I'd be standing by your side. We have a great team. My team is awesome. I have to tell awesome. you, if you believe that anybody was bought, brought together with a divine reason, I have to tell you, it was this group of people. We are oh, family. Oh, I have no doubt. And. They're, These women they're are on a wonderful. mission from God. <laughs> we are. I love it. Well, shine <laughs> like on. You're on a mission from God. You've got $67 in your pocket. You're seven miles from Chicago, and you're going to do this. <laughs> yep, yep. We just got to keep pushing. And a quarter tank of gas, you know. That's like, right. God bless you. God bless you. Please, Beautiful. you guys, send these four girls some money. If you can't <laughs> do anything else, send them some money. Buy them lunch. I they're could not starving. agree more. They're sick. All right, thank you, They're Lisa tired. and Dolores. I'm going to give Tom Corby a chance to give us the uh, NorCal report. We've only got a couple minutes left, but we'll go a couple minutes over time if necessary. We haven't heard from Tom in a little while. And uh, I will uh, look forward to hearing any updates. And, uh, again, thank you for everything you guys have both done. Have a good evening, ladies. Love you, Lisa. Love you, too. Oh, that was the other Lisa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, again, Lisa Sublett, Dolores Halbin. And uh, now we have Tom Corby to close the show out with a NorCal update. Tom Corby from amazing Oroville, California, where water is trying to get out of the lake faster than it's coming in. But Tom is on high ground, and he's standing his ground, and we love him for that. Tell us about what's going on in NorCal. Thank you, Joe and Mary. And when we talk about cancer, I've lost my mom, my aunts, and now our little hero mascot, Minnie Mouse. She was 12 years old. I rest in peace, my sweetheart. Joe knows Minnie and so many. Yeah, in Oro, California, if you don't know, Oroville Dam is the biggest mammal. Excuse me if I can get through this. A man built man and the Western Hemisphere. Uh, they've got it under control now. Uh, we're lucky to be up here at 800 feet, Joe's Matt in the foothills, and we're taking people on here, anybody down in Orville or on 
by the river or walk them up here, we can put them up. Uh, we talk about soon that you would say that you, the Lord's help, we must beat Beto these bad laws. I've been posting this for years now. James Chandler just came on. He's been in trial all day. I don't blame uh, Joseph Tully. We must clean up our court support uh, and our court of conduct that goes to address to myself included. Alex Lyons, my friend and neighbor, had his TRC last Wednesday, uh, actually Wednesday, February 2nd, 10 years to insist on a speedy trial. This is what we need. What's going on the trial? He has his TAC on March 23rd at 1.30. I'll be posting it in the Human Solution International Calendar.org. Nick Moran also coming up here March 2nd and he's going for his trial assignment conference. Luckily, thankfully, he has Joseph Tully. Aaron O'Neill, thank you for standing tall up there in Eldorado County. Uh, and we'll be there for you any way we can. So nice to hear now from Heidi Grossman, bless her heart, that Eddie Free, Eddie Lepp is completely free now. And I have this letter here uh, that Dolores Heldman helped me construct. Folks, we need to go national now. And I think I might have read this letter to evening at cbsnews.com. You can all write and let them know how you feel. All we have is the truth about cannabis. The first thing she taught me and told me is to thank them for standing tall. And they wanted to help for Alfred won DuPont Columbia Journalism Award. Congratulations in part for the investigation which busted a huge pain cream fraud against our best, which I am in fact, and these creams do help. And will a creek stream down it will still have some of the best. Ask them to dedicate an investigative journalist to the real story of cannabis prohibition. Do you know fifty plus reported it in for life without parole for our sacred plant. Joe, how is Craig Cecil doing? Spending 15 years. Have you heard from Craig Cecil at all, Joe? Yes, he called into the show today. Oh, well, I came in late. I was out more before we got some more. We got you can listen to him on the archive. He actually had uh, um, his attorney was a was a uh, a local judge and filed uh papers with the court to dismiss his appeal it, it's a terrible thing and he's scrambling right now to see what he can do to uh to to overturn that oh man okay so this is why it's important folks to keep writing these letters and making these phone calls to go on my wife, Donna, and I are in our 70s. We've been using cannabis for 50 years. 
corrupts and cranes are killing melanoma on my wife's back. I quit cigarettes seven years ago at big farms long ago and found that without cannabinoids in your system, your homeostasis will, in fact, be out of power. We need to learn to educate, not incarcerate, wasting time and taxpayers' money, disrupting lives and families. We ask that you check out in the cannabinoid science before making claims. Please Google it. NFL, Charles Woodson and many now with the NFL on the morning show on Fox News and efforts to get cannabis approved by the NFL for pain, pain cream, the CBDs, non-psychoactive, medical part of the plant, the DEA gas, all reason and the will of the people were there doubling down on number one scheduled drug prohibition, which we know in fact was illegal in the first place in 1996, and we always say follow the big bucks. Though we want to tell the truth about cannabis, we don't use the pot or weed in fact. Be in Norchell, chapters, regulator coordinators in the NorCal Human Solutions International Dollar Board volunteers are going vision. This is the schedule. No schedule. Our sacred canvas plant, a medicinal urban fact. Any prohibition and freeing all POWs. If there's no victim, there's no crime. No jail for our plant. Uh, I want to thank all today for being on the show. I'm so glad it's back. Thank you, Joe and all. Uh, and my wife will tell you, don't forget to breathe. <laughs> all right. Well, it's good uh, to hear your voice. Tom. We were all we were all worried about you uh, when they were talking about the big evacuation. So I'm glad you're safe. Um, you just you know hold it together, and uh, we'll be up there before you know it. We're heading up there sometime this spring, either either for a Lions trial or for uh, Aaron's uh, trial. One of the two. We'll be up there. All right. Thanks, Joe. We also have Nick Moran. Coming up March 2nd on his trial assignment conference. So, this is our mindset take them on to trial. Uh, if more than 7 to 10% would, we wouldn't be doing this. We'd have won the war long ago. Okay, thank long you ago. all tonight. All right, Bill, thank you. Yeah. All right, thank you so much, Tom. And thank you for everybody who participated in making this cup of Joe a fantastic one. And uh want to thank the Coffee Party Radio Network for giving us a place to sit and enjoy and talk and educate and inspire, and that's what we're here to do, and we will see you next week. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse the human solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I 
should have said, Don, you were always 